Welcome, Bills Mafia, to Bills or Bust, the podcast dedicated to all things Buffalo Bills. I'm Tom Murphy. Join in as we talk about the Buffalo Bills, of course, and also the other 31 teams in the league that will watch us win the Super Bowl or bust. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back, Bills Mafia. After quite a hiatus, this is Buffalo Bills or Bust podcast. I'm Tom Murphy. I have a very special guest with us today, a good friend of mine, known each other for a few years back here in New York, big time Bills fan, longtime Bills fan, Meg Rechtenwald. How's it going, Meg? How are you, Murph? Good to be on. Oh, I'm so glad you could be on, too. Got to just tell people how we met. We met at a bar on the Upper East Side. Our bartender, mutual friend, great guy, Matt Flynn, introduced us because we're both fellow Bills fans. And it is crazy. Like when Bills fans meet, it's not like other fans meeting. Like it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that was a good game. Yeah. Bye. No, there's like an instant bond with Bills fans, especially in uh, towns outside of Buffalo. Yeah, it's it's the it's the buffalo in us, I think, too. It's just like there's there's zero degrees of separation between anybody. So the Bills is a good opener. And then you run into like you end up knowing each other's family and, and there's connections <laughs> beyond just football. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was about a year later that uh, we were even talking about like ah, Buffalo is such a small town. We probably know people. And then it comes out that your mom and my aunt Linda, who's in Kenmore, are like really good friends. And you like her kids and you, you all knew each other growing up, and that we just did. We room. did. We used to go on vacations through their work trips together. <laughs> so again, very, very, very small world, but couldn't be more excited. And uh, oh well, god, cool. I think was the I think the bar was still uptown back when we met over there. So it was that always, is true. Always uptown. an interesting evening anytime we were there. Oh yes, and uh, there is a others. Oh, there is one story we'll have to bring it on because we're going to have Matt on the show too. Uh, we're going to have the three of us on sometime. I remember specifically one time, this was uh, Sunday night, they would do movie night, which uh, I always thought was, honestly, was a horrible idea for a bar because, (laughs) you know. We had a lot of fun with it. I know. Yeah. Like a lot of times, you know, especially, you know, if I get a little, you know, a few drinks in me, the last thing I want to do is shut up. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, especially not conducive to movie watching. He would get mad at you too. I know. Well, that's the one. It was very one specific thing. Yeah, I think we had. I don't know how I remember this. Yes, we were playing. We beat the Atlanta Falcons. This would have been 2017, and it meant oh, we have a guest. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, My cat will always make an appearance during a Zoom meeting. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. He'll, he'll, they'll get a shout out. But yeah, it was. It was during movie night. I can't remember what movie he was playing. I think it was like Gremlins or something. It was always some non-controversial movie. Always. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we're at the bar. And the Bills had just like started off with a three-in-one record. And this is the first year of McDermott. The Bills, right. you know, it was like, if we were 500 by week four, it was kind of like, it was promising. Now we were three-in-one and we just beat Atlanta. It was a great team. And Proud of our minds. Yeah, we could, not sh- we could not shut up about this game. And Matt was just like, like Murphy, stop talking. And I, was like, I think I was like, thought he was half kidding. And he, he absolutely was not. Absolutely not. Never. <laughs> Those, that was his sacred time at the bar was watching movies. And we put a lot of thought into it every single week, <laughs> yeah. what movies we were going to be watching and what popcorn he was serving. And he took it very religiously on his Sundays. Oh, yeah. And there was an older gentleman at the bar, too. He kept, he kept looking back at us. We kind of went away from it. There was no way we were not going to talk about this game. 
and for some reason in my mind, you know, after a, you know, a couple of the bats at this bar in Midtown, I was thinking, like, oh, like maybe this guy wants to get involved in the conversation too. But no, he was really like just glaring darts at us, telling us to like shut the fuck up. <laughs> God forbid we have a conversation in a bar. I know. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, yeah, who, who would have like, the audacity of us? <laughs> a lot <laughs> but, of fun yeah. nights in that place. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think my last night in there was the AFC championship game. The uh, a week before it closed down, it was the yeah because we were there. Super Bowl Sunday was our last night there, so we ended oh, up yeah. um, kind of closing the place down after that, which was a bizarre way to end it all. And then I think a month after that, I was out of New York. Oh uh, yes, well yeah. Well, what else is there in New York besides the two door tavern? For I me, still- there wasn't a whole lot. That was my ecosystem <laughs> for way too many years. Oh, it was great. But yeah, I remember we were, it was Patriots and Chiefs, and the bar was just filled with Patriots fans. And I think you and you and I were the sole Chiefs, uh, like Chief support in that game. Little did we know that the Chiefs would become like one of our biggest rivals. But uh, it was like a bad omen just because we can't root for the Patriots because of obvious reasons. So it's anybody yeah. against the Patriots. So I think we kind of jinxed ourselves back then with. Matt oh, yeah. grinning ear to ear in his Brady jersey, acting like he's a big fan. And, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and we were a, doomed after that. I know. I had a friend from high school, which was like eons ago. Uh, he was in town, and he came to the game. And I came. That was. I had a. I had an epiphany about Patriots fans. I think. I think they're pretty nice on the on the whole. I have a lot of Patriot fan friends, but uh, especially in the years of Brady, they. They just 100, after any play that did not go their way, they all, they expected a flag. It wasn't like one or two. They all did like Brady incomplete pass, like flag, flag, flag. And <laughs> like he could it, never make a mistake. Oh, exactly. It was somebody else's fault. I know. And especially like, and I was always the opposite, like being a Bills fan. Anytime a good play would happen, I'd be like, no flag, no flag, no flag, no flag. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. We've gotten enough of those in our days. Exactly. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm like, oh yeah. Now I'm the uh, yeah, especially in the last the three games. One. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, moving on into you know the new era of the Bills. Got to, it's been a while since our last trivia question. I'm going to give you a shot at it. So I'd rank this in like you know medium medium difficulty here. I think you're cut out for it, Meg. Okay, we'll uh, say fifty fifty yes. shot. Exactly. So which coach? Between Marv Levy and Sean McDermott, remember there were about, including interim coaches, there were about 10. There were that, so many. Uh, it was a revolving yeah. door that decade. Exactly. Like an 18-year span. Which of those 10 coached the most games? Ooh. Rex Ryan? Oh, good guess. It was Dick Jaron, who I think was no actually... Way. Yeah, he, he coached about three years, and that's about... That's about the most that anybody in that system did, yes. You lasted a long time, a lot longer than I thought, actually. I just I think oh. Rex Ryan was just so gregarious, and he <laughs> yeah. had um, our family nickname and our family is Rex, so I always just like thought of Absolutely. him. Like, in my mind, that whole gap in between those coaches was all his years. Like I kind of have blacked out the <laughs> other coaches. It was just him. Oh, exactly. He was just definitely the most uh, exciting of all of the coaches we hired after Levy. He was. I, thought, he was. I thought he was going to turn our team around, and it was like we were, we were just as mediocre as before. And then we go from him. It's not like, worse some days. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. And the, the funny thing is, being in New York, Jets fans were w- warning me about him all the time. It's like, yeah, you think it's exciting. It's not. No. <laughs> Although, so his years is on Hard Knocks with the Jets. So some of the best television I think I've watched in a long time. Oh, yeah. It was entertaining. Oh, we absolutely knew it was going to be entertaining. And then, and then it's funny, after him, it's like, you know, we've hired this guy I barely ever heard of, Sean McDermott. And I just threw my hands up like, yep, this is just the same old, same old. <laughs> and now it's, yeah, six years and it's like, yeah, let's let's sign him for life. Yeah, he can be a lifer with us. We'll accept it. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I, I have my issues with McD, but it's one of those things like, my God, well, what are we going to, we're not going to ever start over from square one. It'll It'll have to be on his terms. I know. It's like we've spent so long rebuilding around him. It's rare to have a coach like him as a defensive coach. Everybody else, they're all Belichick and and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the other guys, they're they're offensive head coaches. They oh, he's a defensive yeah. guy. So it's he gets yeah. a lot of crap for it. But um, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've rebuilt around him. We're kind of invested. So you're oh, hoping absolutely. it continues yeah. to work out. Oh, exactly. Yes. Just like just one and then it's uh smooth sailing for him, I think. And uh, just one, yeah. the whole city is going to melt down. Which, being back in the land of the Bills Mafia in the homeland, so to speak, it's it's going to be epic. Oh, I know. It's so funny. I was just yeah, we just met up. Uh, I was in Buffalo a week ago, and I'm just always overwhelmed. You know, I get I get back there like maybe once or twice during the season, and it's just mm-hmm. how uh, that that city is just it's it's the Bills, and then just everything else. It is like, just uh, and. You know, I didn't get to watch any preseason games there. I watched, I watched all three, uh, mm-hmm. despite being in New York City. And you know, seeing with McDermott that we had that very dreadful one against Pittsburgh Week Two, uh, and McDermott, I, I was like, and it's amazing. Like McDermott looked more heated in that preseason game than I've seen him in six years on the sideline. And is that, I, in a way, it was kind of like nice to see. But then it's also concerning, you know, considering this is a season that has a lot of question marks. You know. It does. Well, and this team has had a lot of question marks since January at this point, but that I had the exact same thought. I was like, this is either going to be a really good thing to see him this passionate and energized, or it's going to be a really bad thing considering he's playing two, two parts right now is the defensive coordinator and the head coach. So oh, yeah. in my mind, it's probably not a great sign. Uh, yeah. I always wondered for the past, uh, you know, five, six years, how much, how much Leslie Frazier was actually contributing to the defense i've kind of thought like maybe he was like the clipboard holder and yeah. you know you know the assistant to the defensive coordinator right. and uh but yeah we'll definitely see uh, i know we promoted eric washington to assistant assistant head coach and maybe that's going to relieve some but you know it's always preseason you can never tell with anything we went two no, and one yeah. And he wasn't uh, even calling. He had somebody else calling the defensive plays in the last preseason game against the oh, Bears yeah. yesterday. But he came out oh, pretty quickly after and said, no, 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 I'm going to be calling him against the Jets. He's like, it just, I don't know. I think he's having right, a hard yeah. time wearing both hats. I think they're still figuring right. it out. Yeah. In the press conference, he's like, yeah, all of the, all of the great ones that were three and out. He's like, yes, I called those. He's like, oh, but what about yeah. the one right here about the touchdown? Oh yeah. That was uh, this assistant over here. That wasn't me. That, yeah, no, that's uh, absolutely opposite McDermott. But uh, that would be funny if he all of a sudden just showed himself that way. But uh, got to say week one, it was all bench guys. One thing I can say about this team, the, the depth on both sides of the ball is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean very hard to say anything which way from Indy 
uh, week two versus Pittsburgh, we get the starters in for like a quarter and a half. And yeah. usually when usually those like one or two drives during an entire preseason, the starters are in, it's just complete and utter dominance. And this game was just completely the opposite. And even though I'm always like, oh, it's just preseason. I, I was very, very concerned watching that no, game. We all were, trust me. Anybody that you talk to the next day, we're like, uh-oh, do we just regress? Like, and, and it's a blip on the radar at this point. <laughs> but generally, you know, it's it's terrifying when we oh, see yes. that. And especially when you hear- they turned it around. Oh, exactly, yes. And, uh, and then you also, like, you couple that with all of the, uh, you know, talk we've been hearing about turmoil on the bills. We're just talking about like, you know, Stefan Diggs. I don't even like mentioning the whole Stefan Diggs thing. Cause frankly, I'm one of those fans. Like, I don't care what he does. He could right. just bad, like bring us a hundred, uh, receptions, 1200 yards, 10 touchdowns. You can do whatever you want. It's like, you, you know, say we, anything at that point. If yeah. you just do your job and do it well, exactly. and get us there, then we'll be fine. Exactly. We're never going to go out to dinner, you know. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, just please do this for me. And you just wonder if that had something to do with it. But they just looked terrible, and yeah. maybe there was just you. They could also have just been trying something completely different, yeah. you know, that they didn't want to try week one versus the Jets, and you know, it just wasn't working. They had nothing to lose, but still, it was like, how is this happening on both sides of the ball? And then yeah. uh, it was great yesterday. Uh, I got to just sit and watch the entire game uh, at home yesterday before going out and yeah it was uh, it, like gave me some more hope digs i mean especially after the whole uh Stephen a smith thing that came out earlier this week that was the last thing i wanted uh he was making some catches like it was the regular season yeah 100 percent. and um we were, we were watching it on a boat yesterday so it was it, we've caught most <laughs> of it at that point, like you leave it to us, like we can't miss a single even preseason game, even when we're out trying to have fun. But yeah. um, you know, it's it's noise in the system, and like it just at some point mm-hmm. it cracks and it spills over. Whether it was in that game, and then they got their act together afterwards, mm-hmm. or McDermott read them the riot act, or whatever happened. But oh, like sure. Alan came out, he's like, "You think we're we're you know screwed up over here? You think we got drama?" He just comes out and just shows everybody and shuts everybody up in in oh, how these plays and one drive. He's like, "All right, oh. I'm done. I'll see. You. I'll see you on the 11th. <laughs> uh, absolutely, yeah. And that's uh, you know, that's the way they have to take it. You know, let the people talk. They don't owe an explanation to anybody. They don't. And if there's something there, because even when McDermott is asked about it, he chooses his words carefully. He doesn't say mm-hmm. that there's nothing there. He says that, you know, yeah. as a team, we deal with it and, and we keep mm-hmm. things, you know, between us. So there's something there. I think it's obviously getting blown out of proportion. Yeah, um, he chooses no. his words carefully. There's not nothing. That's for oh, sure. For sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, it's not it's not a hundred like yeah, it's not a hundred percent all lies. There's something no. but but like, remember back in like, like the very late '80s, the Bills had the nickname the Bickering Bills. It was like a very short-lived thing, and then they went on to go to four straight Super Bowls. So, you know, I'm hoping history repeats itself. Even though, like, I don't <laughs> well, think this. Wait a minute! I hope history anywhere. rewrites itself in this case, or repeats itself in a slightly more <laughs> advantageous outcome for us. Because I think if we go through another four Super Bowl losses back to back to back, I think we're all just going to spontaneously combust at that point. It probably will happen. However, I'd probably still a little bit of an age gap between us. I 100% remember all four of those Super Bowls. 
they were hard. They were absolutely heartbreaking. I think by the fourth one, I was just kind of used to it. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and as I got older and then my entire adult life, you know, from age 21 to, yeah, I think it was, uh, I was 38 when they made their first playoff game in my adult life. So I went from age 20 to 38 without playoff appearance. But in like in the middle of that, people said, oh, those Super Bowls, like the Super Bowls just must have been like just terrible. And I kind of felt like not to use a bad reference, but Kevin Spacey in American Beauty. Yeah. I was just like, no, it wasn't. It was great. <laughs> because like, compared to now, you know. We had at least a bright spot shortly after in the midst of all of the despair on the Bills. At least the Sabres had a good run for a while. So we had something to keep us going. And oh, then yes, there was just that stretch of every every team was terrible. Like oh, but yeah. Buffalo truly became it's always <laughs> described as uh, a drinking mm-hmm. town with a football or hockey problem, or you know, a sports oh, town with a drinking right. problem. And, exactly. and we were definitely having a drinking problem back then. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We're good. It's like it just depends on what's going on. That the uh, you know whatever's happening, the the alcohol will not stop flowing. It'll just whichever whichever way the teams are going is how that uh, how definitely that definitely does. But uh, yeah, no, that's one thing. It's like just I, I I want to win one. I also know how tough it is, but like just getting there and like that's the first step. People talk about this window closing. We're going to yeah. be contenders. We're going to be contenders for a while. It looks, you know, we people are going to come in, come out. And I don't think that has anything to do with it. It's not like. You know, if we go to the AFC Championship this year and lose, you know, to the Kansas City Chiefs again, it's going to hurt. But it's not going to be like, well, that's that's it. Right. It's going to be we we still we still have some time, but let's you know let's get it done this year. God help us if Allen, the right Allen, stays healthy because our other Allen is not going to get us very far. (laughs) So that's like the most concerning thing right now is it kind of all rests on his back. Oh, absolutely. There's no, uh, yeah, there's no backup plan. Just there's no backup plan for Josh. It's just pretty much you know it's true with a lot of teams, but yeah, no, it's this system is 100% designed for him. It's mm-hmm. not like the old days, like Frank. You never miss. You didn't miss that much of a step between Jim Kelly and Frank Reich, right? You know, now it's just like you know, like you you put Kyle Allen in there on third and fourteen. You know, you're probably not converting that. No, where, definitely not. Where with, that, where with Josh, you're kind of like, oh, this could be a thirty. 30 yard play either on his feet or in the yeah air. we have hope at that point being the alien that he is that he'll pull something out of pull a rabbit out of the hat at some point oh, yeah. you have hope you also have a little bit of terror because usually whatever he does he looks like he's going to break himself in half so it's like oh, the, yeah. ooh, ah, the moment of like I oh know. god please don't hurt yourself I, i've always said is like as much as people love the hurdling i every anytime he does a hurdle i always pray i pray it's his last one I know. 12 years of Catholic school. I'm not that religious anymore, believe it or not. But I will pray (laughs) to every single God for however many hurdles he jumps at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, exactly. And it's one thing I've said to people, uh, and I I just want this recorded. When the Bills make a Super Bowl with Josh Allen, whether it's this year, next year, I I guarantee you he's going to do – he is a showman. He's going to hurdle. He is going to find the opportunity to hurdle. Well, at that point, it's do or die. He's going to do whatever he can at that point. If it relies completely on him, like he's going to figure it out. And if he has to hurdle 14 people, he's going to figure out how to do it. And I trust that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Glad he didn't do any hurdling in preseason. That's where I would just be like, 
I would have to seek therapy for that. Like, why, why do I put myself, <laughs> why do I put myself through this? Because we're gluttons for pain being Bill's fans. That's, we're used to it. But no, oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's terrifying just knowing that he's out there in a preseason game, let alone doing something crazy and stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. But uh, also, you know, with this preseason, there were definitely some players that shined and some players that did not. We'll start with the good first. The first three draft picks from this year, I found I found all of them impressive. I mean, obviously, uh, Dalton Kincaid, not only in Buffalo, but in NFL outlets everywhere. They're talking about Dalton Kincaid being like Travis Gronkowski. Yeah. He's like the ultimate tight end. And they're not far off the mark. He, he does look incredible. He gets separation like hardly any tight end I've seen. He's like a, his deceiving speed and also looks like he's going to be, he might be starting week one, not at like actual tight end, but in the slot. And I know everybody on the team loves him. Allen loves him. Knox loves him. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely, I'm trying to, I'm trying to temper my expectations for him at least this year, but it's really hard doing that. I know. Well, after we'll probably talk about in a little bit after our kind of bust, I'm going to call him a bust from last draft class. And like, I try uh, not to get my hopes up too much uh, at this yeah. point, but it's like, mm-hmm. he meshes well with Knox. Like to watch the two of them out on the field, like I think they're going to be hard to stop when you get both of them going. So he just adds oh, yeah. another option and another kind of element that we needed. Oh, yes. And, uh, and I think we are going to need him too, because I also have another. I have another name who's been disappointing coming up here soon. But yeah, no, Kincaid, look, uh, I, I just can't wait. You know, I couldn't believe we drafted him, but it was, I definitely like the thinking, you know, best player available. And if this is another weapon, I mean, my God, I trust the guys in the front office more than me. Most of <laughs> most of my Bills view watching, you know, was with a few bats in me and, yeah. you know, just, uh, and just straight from the heart, you know, no... No, no real coaching, like, as I un- call it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then the second pick, oh, Cyrus Torrance. Uh, he's already blending in on the offensive line. He's probably going to be the starting right guard. Yep. He not so much like that. He's been such a force. He just looks so far like something we were missing absolutely last year, which was oh. decency on the interior line. That yeah. was been something that's been driving me nuts. Like we have this all-world quarterback, and we've been kind of surrounding him with. Uh, like sub like average at best yeah offensive line last year was very subpar and if we could especially on the interior because he can he can manage outside rushes it's the interior rushes that tend to get him so if he could be you know better than anyone we had on the team uh last year at left guard or right guard i mean that would just be huge like just for, for every more options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took a lot, Alan took a lot of hits last year and he had to get creative in a lot of situations mm-hmm. because the line failed him so many mm-hmm. times. And oh, so true. it's been disheartening for so long to know that we've got our guy finally mm-hmm. after God knows how many years we've got our guy, we've got our coaches, we've got the right pieces in play, but mm-hmm. it's like they'd ignored the offensive line. They didn't think that that was important because you have an alien at quarterback, <laughs> but think of all the more oh, options. Yeah. When you actually can show oh, exactly. that up, yeah. so it's been infuriating sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you can just think of the times you know where Allen just sits back there, like he's you know what they call him broken controller because he just he just like stands there gives like if you could give him that like the entire game. I mean, I don't we couldn't be we could not be stopped, and no. and especially like in our division playing the Jets and Dolphins, especially they have 
you know, two fantastic defensive tackles, like Quinn and Williams. Remember, oh. he, he just like, he's been rocking Josh for like two years. And it's not that type of sack where Allen's like running and then like doesn't move and then just gets tripped up. It's one, it's like those sacks where Allen doesn't have a chance. Like he just, he looks back and he's just done. So if we could at least slow that down, that would be huge. Yeah, no kidding. It gives more options. And at the end of the day, he's a throwing quarterback. He does all these other things as a bonus. But when you actually give him more time, like that solves a lot of other problems. And we talk about like this theory of what's the one thing that can you can do to change something or make an impact. That's the one thing. Give the guy time and God knows what can happen at that point. He just hasn't had it. So he's just become a really good scramble quarterback at that point. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, third pick, which... He's looking great. However, he's not going to be filling in the need that I think we initially drafted him for. Uh, Dorian Williams. People say he's definitely more in the Milano clone than he is in the Edmonds clone. And we have not, we have yet to find that, uh, you know, Edmonds clone or like somebody who can even come close to Edmonds. But is Dorian Williams, I mean, he looks like he could be, you know, thrown in. You know, hopefully in some separate packages with him and Milano, both on the outside linebacking core. Uh, he just simply doesn't have the size. And at least one thing is I'm happy. At least the coaches have admitted that and been and have addressed it and been like, yeah, he's not going to be the answer at middle linebacker. So you don't ruin this kid's career and you at least know, OK, this is this is what we have to work with and we'll figure it out. But uh, he's been covering a lot of ground. I've seen him in all three games. He's just he's just everywhere. I think he's solidified himself. He's going to be a contributor this year. Mm-hmm. And I think this defense could be all world with the exception of one glaring spot. I know. I know. I mean, that the Edmonds piece is going to hurt us. And I, and I don't know that I realized that as much as I did at the time. And there's kind of a whole backstory behind that, too. We can talk about later. But, um, you know, it's it's. A glaring and gaping hole. His size impacted so much in and of itself in that seat that it's you, you need another one like him. And he was kind of a unicorn. Yeah, and he was, uh, and it was a, a rather thankless role. You know, he was at Virginia Tech. He was right. more of an edge linebacker, and he was the second youngest player ever drafted. And it was kind of funny. Like I kind of knew he wasn't getting these stats that people loved, and you know, there were. Uh, I, I think a lot of the you know, he never like appeared to be like elite, like, oh, best linebacker in the NFL, but he was definitely solid and ran the team very well. And but there were just there were fans in Buffalo who just hated him. I have like I have close That's friends who so just thought funny. he was horrible. If they thought he was horrible, like he's not gonna be a big name guy like Von Miller. And when if you watch him play though, his ability to affect the offense, the other team's offense, like he allowed other guys to make moves and make plays that had he not been on the field in the times that he wasn't on the field, you noticed it, that it was obvious he wasn't there. If you're paying attention, you can understand anything about it. So he was never going to be the big name guy. He wasn't going to make as many big plays, but he Mm -hmm. impacted so much and allowed other guys to make plays. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how they fill that because I agree. I don't think that there's, Anybody on that team right now that can? Oh, I know. It's the uh, big shoes. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I mean, I think they're going to have like they're going to have ten great starters on defense, even without Miller. <laughs> yeah, it's just that this gaping hole that other people are going to have to like kind of make up for. It, yeah, I mean that's what everybody's saying that even Miller's going to be on 
the pup list for a while. And I mean, we didn't get him for early season games. And quite frankly, I think we played him way too much in early games last season and allowed him to get hurt. Like we needed him for the playoffs. That was the whole point. He was going to help us get over this hurdle that we can't pass right now, meaning the AFC championship. And um, it's hopefully they keep him on it for a long time and he gets healthy enough to come into the playoffs. If that's the best case scenario, I'm good with it. Oh yeah. I mean, and luckily, I mean, very underrated signing out getting Leonard Floyd. Yeah. uh, Still young. I mean, He's kind of fallen off the radar a little bit, but he had nine and a half sacks last year, which is more than anybody on the Bills. Yeah. And it is a nice, because uh, I will be honest, I don't have much faith in Epinesa as a starter. No, nobody I, I probably like, I like, I like Basham more. I don't think he, but obviously there's something the coaches are seeing that I'm not seeing because Basham can't find the field as much as, but like, it seems like when I see Basham out there, he's making plays, but then it's also, he's not on the field that much. So. I do have to trust there is a reason for that. Yeah, they seem really bought in to Vanessa. And again, right, they probably do see something, obviously, at this point. But that's another question mark, too, is I do like Boogie. I think he's been playing plays a lot of heart. Like, he's good when he gets out there. He just doesn't get enough chances because they kind of love. They just, they love the size. They just, I noticed they draft on those on the line they just draft like the biggest people ever with yeah. the exception of oliver he was like yeah. he was like the complete opposite but rousseau and i mean rousseau is definitely handled like all of the hype uh yeah. like he's pretty great. well but like six but six seven and you know i think he's and i don't think he's a problem even without von miller it's like as i said said it once last year like it's not so much the gap between von miller and greg rousseau is that deep it's the gap between Rousseau and then the next the yeah. next level of edge rusher is that much more. So when you have Rousseau lined up with uh like maybe even Floyd, maybe that can create uh something special. I mean, we're definitely gonna definitely gonna need that. Uh before I get into the full bad, we covered some of that already. Mm-hmm. Uh I was very impressed with the running backs this preseason. Yes. Like so even the ones that so hope. <laughs> I know, even the ones that aren't going to make the team. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's uh, we'll probably one will get on the practice squad. I mean, even yesterday, I'm watching the game, uh, and they keep running James Cook, and I like, you know, I want to just yell at McDermott. I'm like, dude, we get it. We we get like, just save him. He can run. Uh, it was yeah. good to see Damian Harris. He had uh, yep. he had a few big runs, and I think he's going to be as much as I. I loved Devin Singletary. I just knew we did not need two little, yeah. you know, speedy out of the backfield backs. We kind of needed that bruising, more thunder than lightning. And Damian Harris gives us that. And it was good to see him do kind of what I expected him to. And one thing with Harris, at least he can't destroy us anymore. No, uh, no, it's, it's keep your enemy close at that point, right? It's, yeah, you, exactly. To have them on it's our a, side now is like, welcome to the family. We're happy to have you. Exactly. Hated you before, oh, yeah. but welcome to the family. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I, I like how they're looking at us like, we just got to get this guy on our team. You know, so I was about to say, old bones Latavius Murray, despite being 11 years younger than me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he didn't People play. People in glass houses can't throw stones. Yeah, exactly. But he's... Uh, was just thinking as go. Oh, he's just a camp body. Uh, he had like 800 yards last year, and he's he was definitely bringing it. It's uh, I don't know. It's just so great to see, especially with uh, running back a position that can just go down so much. You can have like a three headed monster in there that you know you're just going to get some consistent runs with. That could definitely add to the offense and 
I've always thought the running game wasn't as bad as people said. I've definitely blamed the offensive line more yeah. than the running backs themselves. I mean, you can't really expect like a five foot seven Singletary to really brush off a you know six foot five, three hundred pound with with zero help. So I don't know. Those guys like Josh Allen is like no, there's there's no and. and I do think the running backs have gotten a bad rap because of that over the years and mm-hmm. not getting enough credit for trying to do the best that they can when the line does fail them more often than oh, not. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and it'll just be because as fun as it is watching Allen run, I, I, I'd like him to cut <laughs> his I'd love to I'd love to see him cut his yards by half. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe yeah, not. Let's let him not be our leading running back at this point. And exactly. I'll be happy if he doesn't have the most yards per game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm fine with the seven touchdowns because that's such a huge part of the red zone offense is, yeah. you know, knowing like teams knowing that he can just like, oh, 10 yards, I can run that in. No problem. Like, yeah. So you can't like leave our receivers alone. You got to have that in there. But yeah, just the constantly running on second down, like if we can just cut that in half. Yeah. That'd be great. Please. And we just brushed on this. Uh, we've already kind of talked about middle linebacker, but yeah, the one's yeah, going to the bad so far, going into this, coming into the season now. We got uh, Terrell Dodson, who we've seen, we've seen enough of him. I don't trust him in a full-time starting role. I mean, he's no. he's just been pretty much a serviceable body going in. Yeah, he's definitely a whole AJ Klein. He's, we, we kind of know with him. He wasn't good enough to stay with us one time. Now he's back. He's just like another, another body. And he's actually looked pretty bad in the preseason. I don't know why we got him back at that point either. It, it just, I don't know. That one, that decision's still going to baffle me for a while because he does look terrible. Exactly, yeah. They never made a, a real legitimate push to find a replacement for even like a like a half replacement. I don't know if they, were, they weren't counting that much on the draft. They didn't draft one until the third round. Uh, I mean, some other names, Terrell Bernard, I have no idea what his injury. Uh, he was third round pick last year. Uh-huh. Barely, barely saw the field last year, and you know he was barely impressive on special teams. So who knows how he's going to be? I doubt he's even consider in consideration for this starting job. And then Balen Specter, who you know he's been he was a seventh round pick. He's he looked good in preseason last year. Kind of had a few special team splashes, but he's just he's such a dark horse, and you know. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, you almost have to think, like, are they going to find some way to run a defense without a middle linebacker? You know, like some 5-1-4 type, uh, 5 one five type. Uh, kind of just feels like the hope and pray method right now. <laughs> I don't know how far that's mm-hmm. going to get us. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, hopefully they have an answer. They have 15 days until the next game. Yes, you you left this name blank when you were talking about possible first round busts. Uh, I'd like to give him another year. I assume you were referring to Kyrie. I was. Yes. Yeah, it's, I never, you know, people were saying that he was bad last year. I was like, hey, he's a rookie, and you saw him make some good, some good plays, but it just it just has to show so much in the preseason how it wasn't didn't really shine too well in the first one. He was he was playing late in the preseason game last week against the yeah. Steelers. Like he's still playing in the third third quarter when most of the starters were taken out. And yesterday, Elam was still playing in the fourth quarter, which means he has been driven down the depth chart. That means 
it does not feel like the coaches have much faith in him. They have way more faith in Dane Jackson and Christian Benford. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's yesterday. I think was a clear indicator, even though McDermott will come out and say, you know, there's still, he's still in the running to be a starter. No, he's not. We can read between the lines. Like, come on, you've got him playing literally third and fourth string at this point. Oh yeah. And there's, there's, it's disheartening because there he was there was so much hype, so which is why I try not to overhype the new guys now because yeah. you know he's at the Sabers game and everybody's loving on him and all these things like we haven't even seen him on a field yet and um, <laughs> it was it was hard to see him really not make any kind of an impact and the plays that he did make were unfortunately negative in a lot of cases last year. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. So I was kind of banging my head against the wall and I it's oh, like yeah. how long do you give the guy if all of a sudden oh, yeah. he's oh, at the bottom of the barrel? Oh I am definitely, you know, I you know, I still think he he deserves some sort of chance on the roster yeah. like as depth. But I am definitely like, what have you done for me lately? And I'm just all about cutting ties. You know, I think we held, we held on to the, the Cordy Ford experiment way too long. Yes. You know, so we should have realized maybe after two years, like this guy's not going to get better. You no. know, it's just like, let's, uh, let's, let's Trey Lance this guy. I mean, you know, just uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, whatever you, you sacrificed a lot for him. It didn't work. Just cut your losses. And, I didn't uh, realize we'd had conversations about, getting Trey Lance before he ended up in <laughs> in um, Dallas at this point, which of course, why not? Oh, exactly. Yeah. And it's funny. Yeah. The, the amount like the Niners gave up for him and then what they got. And it's funny, a buddy of mine and uh, no stranger of the show, Jason Thurston, he pretty much acknowledged because they did say, Oh, the bills inquired about Trey Lance. And, so he said, it's like, I think, I think Bean inquires about every free, like, like just like, even if he's not serious, he's just like, what, you know, yeah, maybe, do his job at the end of the day. Like he's exactly. he's good at pulling the strings when he needs to. Like, oh yeah, I mean, yeah he was, like, so we should talk yeah. to everybody. But that was interesting. Oh yeah, well, I mean, maybe he was just seeing. He's like, you know, could we get Trey Lance for a seventh round pick? And they were like, no. It was like, okay, maybe that was the inquiry. <laughs> you know, because it's like, why not next? Yeah, why not? Why not have him as a backup if uh, you know over Kyle Allen or something? If uh, you don't have to give up much for him, but right. I doubt Bean was really trying to negotiate some like, no. crazy deal to get Trey Lance. It was probably just like, how little do you want him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it does open up such a big question mark, too, because, again, over the last couple preseason games, obviously Barkley's hurt now, so we don't know when he'll be back with his oh, uncle yeah. or whatever's going on with him. So baby know, Allen, yeah. as I'm commonly referring I, to him now, is, is the backup. <laughs> exactly. And oh, yes. I, not, not Josh Allen. Yes. No, not not Josh Allen. Exactly. They, like watching really the two of them, there's a clip of the two of them. You can see them side by side. And you're like, it's very obvious that you are about half his size at this point. So very baby exactly. Allen, um, it's, half it's the size, half a little the scary that we exactly. don't have a third quarterback right now. And, and all of a sudden he's the backup mm-hmm. and then we're really screwed. Oh, yeah, I know. It's like uh, we'll see how long Dallas uh sticks with the Lance experiment. Who knows? Maybe we'll be we'll be able to get him for a seventh round pick in twenty thirty one. And uh I gotta say uh uh just two more uh players are kind of on my bad list from preseason. Uh-huh. Uh probably the most polarizing player currently on the Buffalo Bills, Gabe Davis. Uh-huh. He's he's still having those drop issues, you know, and on one play yesterday, I mean he had one nice catch. 
but like that was preceded by, you know, like a kind of not the best throw by Allen, but something he probably should have had. Right. You know, seeing. And it's one of these things. I mean, Davis, he's one of the best sideline kept like receivers I've seen aside from digs almost. Uh, but Davis had a 51, like last year he had a 51% completion rate yep. uh, to him. And I think they had something like an 11% drop rate, which is just, that's atrocious for a starting wide receiver. I think, I think digs digs his drop rate is like less than 2%. Yeah. And well, it's like when he's on, he's on and he'll make oh, yeah. phenomenal plays. It'll take him 90 yards down the field. But when he's off, Jesus, he might as well be playing soccer on the field because, like, he's just he, – he, he can't keep dropping balls like that. If I'm Josh Allen, I'm smacking him over the head at some point, being like, dude, what do we got to do here? Like, go, go throw, We're going to just throw balls all day long until you catch oh, yeah. 100 in a row. It's like how we used to shoot oh, exactly. free throws at the end of basketball practices. Like, come on, oh. wake up. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. And he offered – I mean, he offers a skill set, you know, obviously the 200-yard game in the playoffs mm-hmm. two years ago. But it's just, you know, I'm just really hoping one of the other receivers, not Kincaid, but like Shakir, who has yeah. a little bit of a drop sees himself, but like he's young and he can be a little more forgiven than Davis can at this point. I do love this guy, um, Sherfield, who I didn't know yes. much about. He's a, oh, he's a big target and I know he was loved on teams. Uh, Tyreek yeah. Hill was so upset when the Dolphins got rid of him. And I think that says a lot. Uh, yeah. I know him and Josh have been, I don't like, I don't want to say anything just yet, but I think he could definitely be someone to look out for. I guess him and Josh have really been connected. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to jinx anything. I think he could be a bigger contributor than anybody's expecting. I mean, he's, he's shown the flashes, especially, especially in like uh, things I see in camp. Uh, him yeah. and Alan just definitely seem to, uh, you know, kind of be copacetic and that would just be that would just be fantastic. Hopefully that would elevate Davis's game a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's just good to have another option at that point. Because I do think some of Diggs's frustration is, you know, at some points when he's on the field, he's the obvious target because there aren't a lot of other options. So when you have mm-hmm. other guys that are going to have to pull people away from him at some point, it's going to open up more options for him. But um yeah, I liked what we've seen from him so far. And it's good that he's up there in the conversation with Davis and Diggs. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, more competition the better, especially, you know, just as many options as as many options as Allen can have mm-hmm. that allows for, you know, some of the, the bottom to fall by the wayside, if that's the analogy I'm thinking of. I gotta work <laughs> on the, I gotta work on those. Uh and another bad I'm just gonna say is uh our fifth round pick, where our third First three shine, fifth round pick, Justin Shorter. Uh, he's probably going to make the team five targets yesterday, one catch. But yeah. it's just, I'm just getting this notion of him. He's, he's not very fast. He seems to also have to know the hustle. Yeah. I know he's like, he's probably going to listen to this and he's going to come after me. He's a big guy. But <laughs> it's just, uh, I can just see that. Like he, he gets up and he just kind of like walks back to the huddle and it's just like, he just doesn't seem like our type of guy. and But I think just knowing like a fifth round pick and we're probably going to keep six receivers, he's probably just going to by default get that. But yeah. I don't know. I'm just hoping he turns that around. He was disappointing. And and I, I agree. I, I don't know. Maybe he has about a practice squad or something at that point. But um, I think yeah. that at least we have options was, was the way that I was looking Absolutely. at it. Because he's not the run through walls type he's oh, not the absolutely. one at least in what he's shown so far that's going to be 
a playmaker no matter what and figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It didn't work out. What's next? Absolutely. Yep. That's what I, I'm always like. What's next? Like next revolving door for me, you know? Yeah. So what have you done for me lately, Buffalo? <laughs> I still, I still, I still love these guys, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, so, okay. Moving on. Got a little, uh, got a little bit of time here left. Producers are giving me the just more than two minute warning, but, uh, <laughs> Like I said, 15 days from now, the Jets, Monday Night Football. How are you feeling about this game? I have nervous excitement in me. I was at the Jets game last year when I was living down in Jersey, in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And it was ugly, to say the least. So us being home opener, or opener, I should say, season opener, down there again. (laughs) Yeah. Having been, If I wasn't there last year, I'd probably feel a little bit better about it now, but... I don't know. There's something about us playing in that stadium against the Jets that we seem to lose all semblance of how to play the game. So I'm I'm nervous. Oh. But it's not it has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers or the Jets. I'm just nervous that we forget how to play football there sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah, and I think uh, those are pretty much my sentiments as well. Uh, the Rodgers thing doesn't scare me that much. I mean, it's like he he was definitely on a bit of a decline last year in Green Bay. They brought most of his receivers from over there. Yeah. Also, but I mean Garrett Wilson. He he's something special. The Jets' offensive line is kind of a disaster. That's not going to be something. But the Jets' defense, on the whole, just really does scare me. Yes, uh, Quinn and Sauce was like Sauce is probably going to be on Gabe Davis, so we can just you know do not do not put Gabe Davis on your starting fantasy no, uh, like roster. It's probably just like yeah, that's like pretty much a bye week. But uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I'm feeling good. I don't know. I think the Bills are going to be pumped. I think the I think the Jets are going to be pumped. I think we're a better team than them. Uh-huh. I'm def. Uh, I definitely. I did my season predictions before the year had thirteen and four, and unfortunately, I had this as one of the losses because we're going to lose one or two in the division at least, and it's just going to drop one to the Jets, and I think it's also going to be this game, and we're going to drop one to the Dolphins at some point. Oh, yeah. probably oh, in Miami. Because they're going to oh, yeah. light us up. Exactly. Well, I'm thinking the Miami game is uh, week 17. So that's how I had them. I was like, oh, we already have everything wrapped up. So yeah. we'll give them that one. But this one, it's just everything the way two, aside from the Cincinnati game, the two defenses that gave us the most fits were the Jets twice. Yep. Last year. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm still, I'm still expecting to win, but it's definitely, I'm putting it in that list of possibly lose as opposed to my, most guarantee, you know, the ones that I almost guarantee victory in my mind, but not publicly. Because yes, hopefully the season opener energy carries us far enough, like it did beating the defending Super Bowl champs last season when we opened. But we'll see how uh, far yeah. that gets us. Because I'm nervous. I'm I'm oh, exactly. cautiously optimistic, oh. though. I'll say. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and we do have the potential to just blow them out of the water. We do. But just, but just will it happen? You know, it's uh. But, you know, I have faith in this team. On the season, I feel very good about them. The division's going to be tougher. Miami, you just can't count them out. The Jets, who knows, even the, even the Patriots, I mean, people have zero expectations of them. But they did the past two years, and they were, you know, still middle of the road. They still, uh, they still have the longest streak of no 10-loss seasons. It's been like 23 years for them. So, like, yeah, I think they were eight and nine last year. That was the first losing record in some time. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking we take the division again. 
it's going to be tough and That'd we're going to probably going to be even tougher to get the number one seed in the AFC. Just it's the, there's going to be great teams not making the playoffs this year. It's like, yeah. like regardless, so we just got to right now. Yeah. The AFC is clearly, I mean, the top five quarterbacks would say the top four are coming from the AFC right now mm-hmm. in the entire league with, with Hertz being, you know, in the, in the fifth there. And um, yeah. it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough out to get through yeah. any games. I think I know in the a- I think in the AFC, there's six legitimate Super Bowl contenders where in the NFC, like I would be shocked if anyone, but the Niners or Eagles comes out yeah. of the NFC. It's just, uh, one of those. And uh, so before we wrap up here, I have next week's trivia going to ask you because i know you know this so i'm just going to ask you to keep it and keep it to yourself until after we wrap this up meg so who did the bills play in the first ever playoff game in rich stadium a good question it is a great question so meg thank you so so much for being here as i said we're gonna have to have you on again at some point uh probably sooner than later absolutely well it was uh it really was the time went by really quickly and it, and it went actually perfectly timed for what we had hoped. And yes, we're going to have you on again. And I'll talk Bills football with you anytime, Murph. Oh, absolutely. And we will be texting, uh, you know, definitely during the season. And once again, Meg, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And thank you, Bills Mafia. We will see you next time. And let's go Buffalo. Thanks again for listening to Buffalo Bills or Bust. Remember to like and subscribe, leave a comment, and let's go Buffalo! Buffalo Bills or Bust has been a Samurai Dinosaur production, copyright 2023.